Hello everybody, my name is Nicholas Black, and this is the Goth Geek Podcast, episode 2. Today, we're going to discuss the man, the myth, the legend himself, Tim Burton. But before we do that, let's first uh, talk about what Goth Geek is. Uh, besides being a podcast, uh, <laughs> and a young podcast of that we are also a uh, etsy store so you can check us out on etsy.com slash shop slash goth geek where you can find some amazing uh dice sets and coffins and tombstone boxes uh, as well as posters uh jewelry stickers magnets you name it we've got it all sorts of gothy geeky type things and also you can follow us on all of social media uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and that's just at the Goth Geek. So now that that's out of the way, let's jump right in. So Tim Burton, we all know him for one reason or another. It might be from Beetlejuice, which is a really well-known movie. Uh, it might be from Sleepy Hollow. This time of year, it's probably Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, but regardless of how you know him, his influence on the world, and, and especially the niche of goth geek, is huge. He has a career spanning 30 plus years. Uh, he used to work for Disney, which is kind of weird, <laughs> if you didn't know that. Uh, the fact that he uh, actually has worked on movies like Fox and the Hound uh, and other such Disney films. Um, it's just kind of strange to think of him working on those. But let's talk about his first real big hit uh, that he directed. And the reason why I'm making that distinction is because we'll get to it, but basically he's associated with other movies that he did not direct, but you still think of his name when you hear those movies. Um, so let's first talk about direction, uh, his direct, his directing, I should say. So his first big film, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, 1985. Uh, some people may not even know that he directed this movie, but if you're a fan, you probably did. It's kind of one of those hidden gem things, because when you think of Tim Burton, you don't think of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. You think of Beetlejuice. You think of Edward Scissorhands. Uh, you think of Corpse Bride. But no. His first one was Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Great little film. You know, if you love Pee-wee Herman back in the day, then, uh, and he's kind of a quirky character, so it kind of fits. It's just not that creepy goth feel that we think of when his name comes up, when Tim Burton's name comes up. Uh, after Pee-wee's Big Adventure, uh, which, Tim Burton had a few other uh, things that he did. Um couple TV series things, but his next movie was Beetlejuice, 1988, uh, and that's the one where we really, you know, know him for, uh, Michael Keaton, uh, uh, I believe it's Alec Baldwin, uh, a young Alec Baldwin, uh, and so Sandworms and Being Dead and the black and white motif and, uh, goth in general and just over the top it's it's 
a classic Tim Burton example when you when you think of a when you say Tim Burton, those images pop in your head. Uh, and then you have Batman, which came out just the next year, also with Michael Keaton. Uh, it's another great film, and it's actually a pivotal film. And the reason why we're saying pivotal in this is because something that people don't maybe realize is in today's age of movies and the MCU with Marvel and the DCEU with, you know, the DC characters, none of that would happen. None of that would be possible if it wasn't for Tim Burton's Batman. 1989 Batman with Michael Keaton. Even if you don't believe that because it's, you know, 30 plus years ago, it's true. It, that, that movie helped pave the way. It was a huge film. Tons of promos. You know, fast food restaurants had, you know, the, the special cups and the toy, and there was toys, and there was just so much stuff for the, that movie. Um, so it was great, like, for, for that genre, for comic books everywhere. Batman 1989 was it. Now, we all know that there was Batman 66 uh, with Adam West, and that is, has a special place in my heart. The, the corniness and the just zaniness of it all, uh, campy uh, a feel to it, uh, and the, the over-the-top boom and zing and zow when, when they punch people and all that stuff. But that was basically 30 years prior to, to 89. Uh, so you're really, you're really setting the stage with Batman 1989 for what we have today. So going past that pivotal movie, uh, the very following year, because he was very busy in the late 80s, early 90s, we have Edward Scissorhands. And this is also a pivotal movie, but for different reasons. This is when we first have Tim Burton and Johnny Depp meet and collaborate. Uh, it's a great film that almost be a Halloween film or a Christmas film uh, if you get the uh, joke there uh, it's very goth looking the way he's dressed we get to see Vincent Price which was an amazing actor and so Edward Scissorhands really has a great cult following it has a great aesthetic to it but it's really well known for the, the first collaboration between Johnny Depp and Tim Burton and as most of you know, that would lead on for many years to come. Uh, after Edward Scissorhands, two years later, so he takes a little bit of a break, we get Batman Returns with Michael Keaton again. Uh, and then we also get Danny DeVito's uh, Penguin, which is a very cool goth penguin. And then we get Catwoman with Michelle Pfeiffer, a very BDSM almost... Catwoman that's all stitched up with a costume and it's like a vinyl leather uh, look to it uh, with the whip and everything and then Gotham it during the winter time is just gorgeous and it's just very much Burton's feel and look and aesthetic uh, you can't see that that ba uh, that movie Batman Returns without thinking this is definitely a Burton film that he directed uh, after that, we get Ed Wood, 1994. So we're looking at uh, four years later. But uh, again, Ed Wood had uh, Johnny Depp in it. 
so we're already seeing a, a slight pattern. But again, he worked with Michael Keaton before too, so we're like, okay, okay, Tim Burton, you know. And Ed Wood was a interesting film. It was a black and white, and it was, uh, and I could be wrong on this, uh, but it was a black and white film. I never actually saw it. It's one of the few, I think, four films total that I, of his that I have not seen. Uh, so I don't know the full story to Ed Wood. I, it somehow slipped through the cracks on my viewing. Uh, but then going ahead to two years later, we get Mars Attacks uh, for the next movie. And that's one of the few ones that doesn't really go with the aesthetic. You know, uh, you got Pee Wee's Great Adventure or Big Adventure, um, which Pee Wee Herman itself, again, kind of a weird character, but not exactly that Tim Burton goth feel. Mars Attack, pardon, Mars Attacks is another one of those. Uh, it's a 50s style aliens attack movie. And it's a good film. Don't get me wrong, very good film. But it doesn't have that Tim Burton feel to it. I'm not sure what the backstory is to that. Maybe it's just, you know, a passion project. I mean, that generation of wanting to make your own, you know, sci-fi 50s film style. But it was definitely not exactly his normal thing at this point. And that was 1996. And then three years, uh, kind of a break, we got Sleepy Hollow. Johnny Depp again. Uh, and Sleepy Hollow was a great film. Uh, very dark. Very uh, horror-esque. I don't really consider it horror, but it was very suspenseful. Um, supernatural. And it was just a just a great film. If you have not seen Sleepy Hollow, it it, it doesn't hurt to see it now. Like it, It's aged well. Uh, 2001... We got Planet of the Apes, another movie that you really don't think of as a Tim Burton mil, uh, film, but uh, there it is. It was kind of uh, not popular. Um, a lot of people just didn't like the direction he went with it. Um, I thought it was a pretty good movie, but a lot of people didn't. And then we jump up to Big Fish, um, and I'm skipping TV shows. There's, there's some TV series he's done, some short films, documentaries, things like that, um, that he's done in between here. Uh, I'm skipping over that now, uh, just because those aren't things that he's better as known for. Um, but definitely, you know, go to IMDb, look it up, and you can find some really interesting stuff on here that he's done that, you know, short stuff that, you know, might be of interest. But Big Fish... Another great film, really good. I think it's a great classic. It's a great fairy tale style. Uh, it's dark, but not in the same way as Beetlejuice or Edward Scissorhands. It's got those colors and those pasty white looks to people. Um, but it's not super dark, but it's still a Tim Burton film, like, you watch that, and you know it's Tim Burton. And then you get, two years later, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which, again, Johnny Depp comes back. And that's one of my favorite films. Uh, you can go ahead and get mad at me if you like. I know a lot of people are like Gene Wilder, you know, for life. But I've never liked the Gene Wilder, um, Willy Wonka uh, movie 
Uh, I don't like the psychedelic look to it. I definitely don't like the weird madness thing that happens on the boat. Uh, it's all just very 60s and not my thing. Um, as a kid, I thought I, was, I, I thought it was okay. But uh, when Charlie the Chocolate Factory came out in, a, in, a, in 05, I liked it so much better. I liked the music. I liked Depp's portrayal. Uh, all of it. And Tim Burton did a great job. And again... It's not exactly a dark, dark movie, but it has his touches to it that you see it. You see his his vision. You feel you see his touch to it, uh, for lack of a better phrase. And then that same year, we got Corpse Bride, um, which is a great movie, um, an amazing film. Uh, his real second. Um, approach to, or second chance at a, or not chance, what, am I, what word am I looking for here? His second attempt at claymation, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, a great, great film. Uh, and again, it has Johnny Depp in it, um, which <laughs> at this point, you're definitely seeing the pattern. Uh, you know, it, it has a great voice cast in general. And it's just... It screams Tim Burton. I mean, you watch that and you can't not say that's not his film. It's 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 not his film. Uh, after Cor after Corpse Bride, he did a few more short films, but then two years later, Johnny Depp again, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Flea Street, and this movie I I I love and I hate. Uh, as a, someone who's not familiar with Broadway, I did not know what to expect going into this film. Um, but the ending for me was bittersweet, which is how it's supposed to be. But I always like a little bit of a more either straightforward, happy ending or, you know, sad ending or, you know, middle ground. I'm not a fan of, but it works. I'm not saying that, you know, those things are wrong. I'm just saying that they're not for me. But Sweeney Todd in general was still an amazing film. We got to see that Johnny Depp can sing, which if you knew he was in a band, then... You already knew that, uh, that he that he has some talent with, with the singing uh, and vocals. But for those of us who only knew him for film, we were all very surprised and pleasantly surprised at that, uh, that he could sing very well. And again, very much a Tim Burton film. It's just everywhere. And then there's a three-year gap in there, and we get Alice in Wonderland, uh, one of the early... Uh, live-action Disney films. And it's an amazing film. Again, not overly dark, uh, but it still has that Tim Burton look, that Tim Burton feel to it. And again, Johnny Depp comes out of nowhere, does the Hatter, does a great job as the Hatter. Uh, at this point, you're wondering, like, do they ever leave each other? Because if you look back... At this point, 2005, 2007, and then 2010. So that's three films that Tim Burton did basically in a row, and they all had Johnny Depp in them or voicing, voicing, voicing characters. Uh, and then, uh, not to jump forward too much, but then two years later after that, after 2010, you get Dark Shadows, which is also Johnny Depp. So literally... 
you've got one, two, three, four, five of Tim Burton's films in a row, all with Depp in them. Uh, so yeah, it's it's pretty obvious at this point that they're pretty close. And it works. It's not like Depp can't pull off these characters. Um, I know some people say well, after Pirates, he kind of just did the same character every time. But I'm a big Depp fan, and I think he has a wide range of quirkiness. It's always kind of a quirky character, but they're all different characters. Uh, but going back to Alice in Wonderland, again, just a great film in general. Uh, really great live adaptation to it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I'm was i a bigger fan of that than definitely the cartoon uh, animated movie. Dark Shadows, uh, I'm a fan of, but I know a lot of people weren't. It's a, a fan base for the TV show, and I know the TV show and the movie were very different, um, which is the, it's the case. Um, it's just like books and movies. There's always a difference uh, when you're doing something like that. Um, you know, you can look back to the horrible attempts of, you know, taking Bewitched, the classic 60s movie, and turning, or 60s TV show, and turning that into a full-length feature film with Will Ferrell. It, you know, it it was kind of horrible. Um, so I understand if you have a fan base to that, but as someone who had never seen Dark Shadows, uh, and I know that means my goth card, <laughs> if there is such a thing, would be taken because I've never seen Dark Shadows. Uh, but, yeah, they were different. They were very different. Uh, Dark, uh, to me, Dark Shadows was a great film because I didn't see the TV show. I never saw it, and I never will, probably. Uh, after Dark Shadows, uh, same year, we got Frank and Weenie, another great film, uh, just expanding on his early Frank and Weenie back in uh, 1984. You probably, if you own Nightmare Before Christmas, special edition, you probably have seen Frank and Weenie, uh, the short, um, along with Vincent. Both two really great films of his, little short films. Um, moving on from Frank Weenie, uh, we get Big Eyes. Uh, that's a movie I have. That's a movie I've not seen. It was kind of a sleeper. We, we didn't hear much about it. Uh, I hadn't even heard about it until it just showed up uh, at my local Walmart of all places. Kind of strange. Just saw it. I'm like, what is that? That looks interesting. And it's one of the films I haven't seen still because. Uh, I don't want to buy a movie that I have not seen yet because I may not may not like it. But I do like most of Tim Burton's movies, so it's kind of odd that it happened. Anywho, and then we go to 2016, The Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. I probably misspelled or mispronounced that, and if I did, I'm sorry. Uh, but that's a great movie too. Very much Tim Burton feel to it. Tim Burton look. Uh, a great story. I've never read the books, so I was a fan of the movie. My wife was a fan of the movie. Uh, if you read the books and didn't like the film, again, completely understandable. There's only a handful of book and to movie adaptation adaptations out there that people actually do enjoy, uh, and I could probably count them on one hand. So if you're not a fan of that movie, I completely understand, uh, and it's not exactly a... a, a movie that you automatically think of Tim Burton because it is based off a book series and it's just maybe not exactly what you would think of. I, I, I wouldn't have. Um, and then after that movie, we get Dumbo, which just came out last year. Uh, and I have not seen this movie. I, I kind of refuse to see it. 
Uh, I was not a big fan of the first original Dumbo animated movie. Again, Pink Elephants, <laughs> not my thing. Uh, it's definitely a product of the just the weird time. Uh, and so I have not seen it. I've seen trailers for it, of course, and I've you know seen videos on the movie. Uh, and I'll be honest, I probably won't ever see it unless maybe it comes on TV and I'm just have nothing else better to do. It's, I've heard good things. I've heard bad things. And so, and it's not an obvious Tim Burton movie. And so there's only a handful of movies when you go through this whole career of his, uh, that he's directed that you wouldn't think of him. You wouldn't think, oh, Tim Burton. Uh, and then even a smaller list of ones that you would watch and go, oh, that kind of looks like a Tim Burton thing. You know, I mean, at this point, we've all probably seen the memes and like the the artist drawings of like, oh, this is what Disney characters would look like if Tim Burton did them. Or this is what Marvel characters would look like if Tim Burton did them. Because he has a certain look. He, he has a, he, he should trademark it at this point. Like this is <laughs> my art style, basically. Uh, so the next movie on here is just a bit announced. That's Beetlejuice 2. And it, it, that's a movie that, I don't know how I feel about it. I love Beetlejuice um, as a kid, uh, even as an adult. I enjoy it. I enjoy the music, the acting. Trying to make a sequel made would make perfect sense 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Now, I mean, Michael Keaton's getting up there in age. Um maybe a reboot. We definitely seem to be in the era of reboots where they like recast everybody and do a whole other movie because our attention spans are so short that apparently you can do that and we we throw money at it. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, if, if Michael Keaton and Burton can pull off the same magic, uh, then uh, m- more power to them. I'll, I'll definitely give them money to check it out uh, when things are safe to do so. And then we go up to, uh, sorry, there we go. And then we go up to his actually, uh, producing movies he's produced, uh, or he's marked as producer. And again, this is a list I'm just looking at through IMDb. Uh, I'm no expert. Um, I'm a fan, but I'm not like a fanatic. Uh, and so some of these movies are obvious, uh, because he was part of them. Like, again, Edward Scissorhands is on here. Beetlejuice is on here. Uh, oddly enough, Batman is not on here. He, he did not get producing credits for Batman. But Batman Returns is on here. Uh, and then one movie that you may have noticed was not mentioned at all on the first list, The Nightmare Before Christmas, 1993. This movie is notorious for this time of year. It's October. Nightmare Before Christmas stuff is everywhere. Uh, my wife loves the movie. I'm a big fan of the movie. Uh, our Halloween decorations, going into our personal lives a little bit, are Nightmare Before Christmas. We have a little Halloween town, basically, outside in our front yard. It, it's, you know, it's everywhere. It's it's a huge part of the goth and geek and even mainstream, at this point, cultures. Uh, Walgreens, during Halloween time, sells Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. Funko Pops... Uh, have tons of Nightmare Before Christmas things. It's kind of insane. And they come out with new ones every flipping year. So, this movie is really interesting because it is his. He created these characters. 
he was working on this way back in the day before he ever got big. Back when he was still working at Disney, these ideas were in his head and he was writing stuff down and thinking of all these different ideas. Uh, but it didn't actually come to life until 1993. So he had been working on it for, I almost want to say 10 years or so. Uh, but it was definitely in the eighties. He was having, having this thought. Uh, and if you ever have seen the videos about the backstory of nightmare for Christmas, you, you'll, you'll, there's more detail in that. You can look it up on YouTube, um, and see that, you know, it's a really interesting story of how it came to be. And then the fact that Disney decided that, you know, to put his name on it instead of, you know, theirs uh because they didn't they weren't sure about that film they were they thought it might be a little too scary and whatnot and to be honest it was a sleeper film as well uh now i don't know about other people but in 1993 i was 12 or 13 i was like prime age possibly for this film i never heard of it i don't remember seeing it in the papers when i was looking at movies for friday nights when my parents and i would go or my dad and i would go out to like go see films Literally, the, the first time I heard about it was when my father brought it home one day on VHS. Uh, it was, like, on sale at, like, the Price Club or something. And until then, I had no idea about this film. And you saw nothing for it. I mean, we live in a very special age where nowadays, if you're a fan of something, you can find stuff to decorate your house with that is part of that fandom. Uh, you know, in the early, mid-90s, uh, you couldn't find anything. Uh, for Nightmare Before Christmas. And then it kind of had a small resurgence in the late 90s. Hot Topic had a few things um, at the mall. Uh, Sam Goody might have had a thing or two, maybe during Halloween. But for the most part, again, you couldn't really find anything because it was just kind of a... It's a cult classic. Like, nowadays, you know, it's on TV for, like, all of Halloween month. Pardon me. October, basically. It, October is Halloween month, let's be honest here. Any goth worth their... Uh, salt, black salt, uh, you know, celebrates Halloween basically all October, maybe even September. I know we were looking for Halloween decorations in August. Um, but yeah, so Night Before Christmas is definitely one of those films that Tim Burton is part of, but he didn't even direct, uh, but it's still his creation for sure. Uh, he was a producer on Cabin Boy, uh, which is interesting. Uh, Ed Wood, of course, again, that makes perfect sense. But one people don't actually know is Batman Forever. Uh, Tim Burton originally was going to direct the third Batman film. And oh, what a world we'd live in if that had, had still been the case. Uh, I'm sure many of you know the story, but Batman Forever, basically the people involved, DC, Warner Brothers, wanted a more kid-friendly, colorful movie uh, to sell toys. Literally, that's what they decided. They decided that they wanted to go the 80s He-Man and, uh, oh, geez, Pound Puppies and all the other silly cartoons that on Saturday mornings that basically were built to sell toys. They wanted to do that with Batman on a big screen uh, direction. And, oh, uh, God, we all, we all suffer <laughs> because of that. But, uh, yeah, so Batman Forever, he's a producer for it. Um, so he's still credited, uh, but obviously he didn't he didn't direct that film. And then James and the Giant Peach. Uh, that's a claymation film. If you have not seen James and the Giant Peach, you should. It's a Disney film. It is so much a Tim Burton-looking film 
I loved this movie. It came out in 1996, and I remember seeing it as a teenager and thinking it had to be a Tim Burton film, and was disappointed that it technically wasn't. He didn't have to direct it. Uh, but it's another great claymation film that he was uh, at least part of. Uh, it had a creepy spider in it that just, again, like it was so a Tim Burton look and everything and the world and all of it. Uh, so it really surprised me when I found that out that he was at least kind of part of this film. And at the same time, it makes perfect sense now that I'm like looking at it going, of course he was. I mean, look at it. Uh, Corpse Bride, of course. Uh, uh, but also like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I didn't know he was a producer on that. Uh, that movie was kind of horrible. Uh, the book was great. That's one of those examples exactly of a film, you know, being worse than the movie. Or, or I can't even talk. <laughs> the film is definitely worse than the way the book was. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, if you, if you saw the movie only and you didn't like it, I highly recommend checking out the book. The book is done really well and uh, in a really more serious historical way. Um, obviously, it's fiction <laughs> and it has vampires in it, but it's done really well. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I've actually read it multiple times at this point. Um, the movie is kind of like if you've seen World War Z, the movie compared to the book, same idea. Like the book, amazing, very awesome, very serious. The movie, it's a just a cluster uh and then he of course he's a producer on frank and weenie uh that's obvious big eyes uh, obvious but then also alice through the looking glass that's another one where uh i mean those characters remain looking the same uh aesthetic that he had made in the in the first alice in wonderland but again he only produced the looking glass through the looking glass uh it was actually directed by someone else um so that's just kind of an interesting thing because, again, Alice and what, Alice Through the Looking Glass was a great sequel. It still had a very Tim Burton look to it, uh, but he didn't direct it. It was just they they stuck with his character designs pretty well. Uh, and then you could also look at his writing credits, uh, which, I mean, Nightmare Before Christmas, of course, is on here. Edward Scissorhands, uh, Corpse Bride, Frank and Weenie, you know, a lot of stuff that he's done, he, he wrote. Um, but even the things he didn't write still have that look to them and feel, of course. It just makes perfect sense. And so, I mean, I know I've just kind of gone through all the list of all his work, basically, um, and that's kind of boring. But if you're a goth, then you know who Tim Burton is. If you're a geek, you know who Tim Burton is. Heck, if you're just a normal person, normal being a figurative term here, I'm putting air quotes in that, then you probably you know who Tim Burton is. Um, his reach is just so far out there that I've, I feel like everyone probably knows who he is because of the impact his movies have had. Like I said before, with the Batman, his two Batman films paved the way for what we live in now with all the crazy superhero movies. Um, you know, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Corpse Bride, those those films in, in licensing alone, I mean, you have stores like Hot Topic still, but then you also have like Box Lunch. Um, 
which is kind of a geeky store that just kind of that really focuses on that FYE. Um, you know, these stores that really cater to geeks at this point or pop culture, I guess is the better way of saying that. And they are filled year round with Nightmare Before Christmas and Corpse Bride and then Beetlejuice stuff during Halloween. And you can't like go anywhere without seeing something that Tim Burton has done because uh, of these stores, these retailers. And so that's huge. I mean, that's just a perfect example of what goth geek is all about is this merging of two different ideas, uh, creepiness, but it's fun and it's catchy and, you know, it, it's a it's just a really awesome merging and he is a huge part of that. He is, in some ways, the godfather of those two terms, goth geek. And so I just wanted to discuss his films, his writing, and uh, his producing because it's just an amazing career and we wouldn't be where we are today without him. I wouldn't be where I am today without the man. Uh, this podcast wouldn't exist. Goth Geek wouldn't exist. The store. Uh, I feel like Goth Geek is a subculture genre niche that exists and wouldn't if he hadn't come around because Goth is all about music and, you know, Goth existed before Tim Burton ever started directing films. Uh, geekiness existed before uh, Tim Burton directed films with Star Wars and uh, uh, Space Odyssey and, you know, so those two genres were separate. I'm sure there were fans crossing over still, but then you get Tim Burton coming along and he just makes these amazing films that are dark and spooky, but also, you know, sci-fi and uh, superhero and, you know, pop culture, and it just merges them together in this perfect blending. So that's all I have for today. Uh, we actually went a little bit longer today. Uh, again, check out our uh, Etsy shop at etsy.com slash shop slash gothgeek. All through the month of October, uh, all our items are 10% off, and we always have free shipping. Uh, you can like and follow us on all of social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at the Goth Geek. Uh, we share news stories on there on our social medias we share uh, new items that we're we've made uh, and are selling and news on any conventions that we're going to be at uh, selling and vending and whatnot uh, hopefully that'll be happening uh, after everything calms down with COVID so sometime next year uh, and that's it so thanks again for listening have a great day <laughs>